Slowly, he picked his way through the shingle stones, the river having slowed to a trickle a few metres away. Nobody had seen him for years. Nobody knew he was there. For all they knew, he might as well be dead. But that was how he liked it. All he had to do was wait and feel the gravel beneath his feet while he thought about his next victim. everyone and welcome to episode 29 of hidden wings and bloodlust i'm your host rachel i hope if you celebrate passover or easter you had a lovely time during this festive week i do apologize for not getting the latest episode out on time my life's been quite hectic recently i'm really sorry not to get it out properly but here you go let's get started I've just recorded a guest show with Criticast, which is going to be coming out in a few weeks, and I'm really excited about that. It was all about a species of moth that turns up in my garden from time to time. I'm not going to tell you which one, but I will say it's got a very unusual anatomy and quite unusual behaviour as well for a moth. And I'm not going to give you any more clues apart from that, so you're going to have to listen to it. My podcast recommendation for this week is the Wildlife Garden podcast. Every two weeks, the hosts, Ben and Ellie, present a very varied show all about how to do up your garden in the best way possible for wildlife. They discuss a plant of the week and they even have a book club. Their latest episode is all about garden pests, something that, as we know on this show, ladybirds are often incredibly good at helping gardeners with. So if you're ready, let's get started with today's ladybird. Today's ladybird is the five-spot ladybird, Coccinella quinquepunctata. You might remember the Coccinella genus from the episode on taxonomy a few weeks ago. The five-spot belongs to the Coccinella genus, which you might be familiar with from the ladybird Coccinella septempunctata, which is, of course, the seven-spot ladybird. And to correct what I said a few weeks ago, there's not 11 species in Coccinella. There's actually substantially more than that. There are actually more. There's actually 11 species of ladybird in that genus in North America. But that doesn't include the ones in Europe. So apologies for that. So this ladybird is quite closely related to the more well-known seven-spot ladybird. It does resemble a seven spot, although it does tend to be slightly smaller, and the two are closely related. Like the seven spot, the five spot is bright red with black spots and quite round and domed. But as the name suggests, in general, this ladybird does have five spots rather than seven. If you find a seven spot, do remember that in most cases, 
There are three spots on each side of the ladybird and they're in a triangular pattern. The seventh spot is the scutellary spot and that is at the top of the ladybird's elytra, like just near its head and it usually has some white patches on either side of it. Often looks quite heart-shaped and it's called this because the two elytra meet in an area called the scutellum. And on a five-spot ladybird, you get this scutellary spot just as you would with a seven-spot. However, there things start to get interesting because the two middle spots are much larger than what they would look like on a seven-spot. So while the seven-spot is quite sort of round and dome-shaped, the five-spot is even more domed and probably much more rounded-looking. It's also four to five millimetres long as opposed to the seven spot which is much bigger at around anything between five and eight and sometimes a little bit larger than that. The two middle spots are much larger than what they would look like on a seven spot and the front two spots nearest the ladybird's head are usually either missing or they're very small. However, you do get the back pair of spots near the ladybird's bum. The back pair of spots are still present there. So I, I will put a link to the to the picture in the show notes and you can see what, what it looks like. But if you saw this five-spot ladybird and you weren't looking closely at the number of spots, you might just think it was a very odd-looking seven-spot with its very large central spot and like sort of nothing near its head but to make it a little bit confusing sometimes the spot numbers do vary and I've seen pictures of five spots with small more equal sized front spots the only problem is that the that the front pair was missing that was the only indication that it was a five spot and I have also actually found myself seven spots with either an extra pair of spots or where one of the pairs that I've been talking about has gone missing. But in general, it's very easy to tell them apart. I've also seen pictures of five spots with a very, very small front spot. Oh dear. Um, I'm not explaining this very well. Oh well. There is another difference between the five spot and the seven spot, at least in this country. The five spot lives in a very specific habitat and is still only found in a handful of places in the UK, mostly in North Wales, although there is known to be some colonies now in Scotland. It prefers river shingle, cliffs and other rocky stony habitats. However, in contrast, the seven spot is the UK's most common ladybird and you can basically find it anywhere. So... If you're unsure what the ladybird is that you've seen, it's probably a seven spot, but not for certain. But it isn't always the case everywhere in the world that the five spot is such an uncommon species and so fussy around where it lives. In Europe, five spots have been found in gardens and in parks, although their numbers have actually been declining. 
they do exhibit a preference for what is called pioneer habitats, although they've been found overwintering in pine trees and other unusual locations. Pioneer habitats are habitats which are previously barren, or which have been disrupted by fire or by some other disaster, and therefore, initially at least, have very limited numbers of species there, a lot of bare soil, not many plants, and not much biodiversity. And it used to be thought that the five-spot ladybird was much more generalist elsewhere in Europe and behaved a lot more like a seven-spot. But recent research suggests that while it's certainly possible for it to be found in more generalised habitats such as gardens and farmers' fields, it isn't its primary preference. And it does really like these sort of riverside habitats, these sort of more rocky, barren areas even things like sand dunes and um, gravel car parks and so on. So, the five-spot ladybird was for a long time thought to be extinct in the UK, but it was rediscovered in the 1980s in southwest Wales. And at this point, I really should say a really big thank you to my friend Darren Johnson, who pronounced some of these Welsh place names. On the... Avon Tui. At... Llan Urda. On 16th of April 1987. Even prior to that, the ladybird had only been recorded a handful of times, twice in England and once in Scotland. It subsequently emerged, according to the website Carmarthenshire Ladybirds, that it had been seen on the Avon Bran River near King Hordi in 1974. The website goes on to say that there are a few other records of it. Quote, it is also known from a shingle area on the, oh, I guess this is a grid map reference, on the Cothy stream, 22 slash 546357 near Edwinsford. And there have been a couple of interesting records from minor streams south of Rhyd Chimera, 22 slash 585378 and in and I'm not really sure what the numbers are there. I think they're like Ordnance Survey grid reference numbers. I've been searching the iRecord website to try and see where this ladybird has been seen. I guess a lot of my listeners, especially those based in the UK, will know about iRecord, but if you don't, It's a really handy way to record your sightings of different species. And you don't have to just use it for ladybirds, but you can also use it for other insects, plants, birds, and and so on. And it's run by the Biological Record Centre. And there's also an app that you can download to your phone or tablet and record your sightings that way. The address is www.brc.ac.uk slash iRecord. And it has the instructions there to sign up and and show you what to do. So anyway, I was looking on iRecord to see where five-spot ladybirds have been seen in the UK, and they haven't only been seen in Wales, but they've been seen in areas of Scotland such as Invernessshire, Kincardineshire and Aberdeenshire. Someone also sent in a photo of it from Herefordshire, and what to me looks like a possibly quite unusual sighting in the Isle of Wight with very small spots. The larva 
looks a lot like a seven spot lava. But the yellow segments on the side of its body are much larger and more of a yellow-orange colour. It's dark grey, and on the side of its thorax, it has these yellow patches. On its abdomen, on the first and fourth segment, the middle and outer tubercules, which are these little holes where it breathes out of, they are sort of yellowy-orange, and the outer tubercule on the sixth and seventh segment, kind of like... I mean... When I was looking at the photo, it was quite a confusing um, because both sort of ends of the lava had these yellow patches to it. So it's basically, it's it's got a lot of yellow patches and they kind of like go in a sort of first and fourth and sixth and seventh and the middle ones as well. So that gives it a much more brightly coloured appearance than the seven spot. And the pupa is very dark, with orange patches near the first abdominal segment, towards the head and thorax of the ladybird. So why did this ladybird evolve to live in such a harsh habitat, when there's not really that much there? Well, one explanation could be that this way it minimises competition with other ladybirds and other predators of aphids. It could be that anything that might want to eat the ladybird doesn't really want to go in such a sort of inhospitable environment because it's quite scarce and uh, not easily found. It's found on low-lying vegetation such as nettles, thistles and other low plants or simply scurrying among the stones looking for aphids. It seems to benefit from areas that are quite humid with a fair bit of moisture. Another scientific paper I found found that Cochinella quinquepunctata coats better than the seven spot and other ladybirds when there are shortages of aphids as a larva, when it was sort of discovered in fields and sort of agricultural settings in Europe, which makes sense if it's in a very rocky, stony habitat without without that many plants. So when we think about humans' relationships with ladybirds, we often view it either in terms of a biological control, where the ladybirds eat pests such as aphids on crops or gardens, or we think about human activity threatening the ladybird, especially if it's an endangered species. However, in the case of the five spot, this is one example where in some cases at least, humans have actually been quite beneficial towards it in some ways and helped out. Remember earlier on in the episode, I was talking about how the ladybird was attracted to pioneer habitats without much vegetation, usually but not always near to river shingle beds, especially in the UK. The nature of these habitats means that once plants have started colonising it, the habitat often changes. It becomes more dense in terms of the number of plants that are growing up. There's maybe a risk of flooding from the river. There's not as much bare soil and so on. However, it was found that in parts of Europe where humans have created a similar environment artificially, such as, for example, gravel by the side of railways, when there's a lot of sparse vegetation and weeds, gravel car parks or perhaps even water features with a lot of pebbles. This ladybird is able to sustain its population somewhere where it may not have otherwise been unable to and it can even benefit from a human presence. But the same paper I read this does point out that the biggest threat facing this ladybird is once again climate change and it also points out that while some human activities can be helpful. A lot of destruction around the river shingle beds in northern Europe 
do threaten an already scarce species. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Once again, I do want to remind you that I'm fundraising for Wavel Rape Crisis Centre. Wavel assists survivors of rape and sexual violence in Canada, of all backgrounds, including trans and non-binary people. And they've also got a helpline which assists and provides psychological support to survivors around the world. The link to give a donation is https tiltify.com slash at hidden wings and bloodlust slash fundraiser. And the link is in the show notes. If you like this show and want to support me, you can buy me a coffee at Kofi. Again, the link is in the show notes. You can like my Facebook page, Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, or follow me on Twitter at HWAB Podcast or on Instagram at 365.ladybird. Music is by Deborah Torrance. And Deborah Torrance has actually got a really good article out um, which came out in the last couple of days and it was all about the midges in Scotland. And it's a really, really fascinating read. And if you want to see some more of her work you should you should check her website out as well and i'll put that i'll put that in the show notes too but anyway thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now